Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. Another busy show today. It's been another week of two halves from Dover. Ipswich have lost for the first time this year. Um, later on, we'll be speaking to Thamesmead Town boss Tommy Warrillow ahead of their big FA Cup game. And we'll also be looking back at all the rest of the action that's happened this week. Um, we will start with where Matt was last night, um, which was Dover, who went top of the league on Saturday and then they lost at home to Boreham Wood last night. And, and Matt, a disappointing result for your boys. Yeah, Bournemouth, I mentioned I think last week they are our bogey team, so I think it's one win in 11 that Dover have had against them, so um, yeah, fair play, I think uh, Bournemouth did what Dover did to Aldershot on Saturday, a good side I thought Bournemouth to be honest, um, they were organised, got some, you know, three big guys at the back and Dover's tactic really, because they couldn't get any width because their full backs pushed up Bournemouth as well, which Dover's main tactic, it, well, main outlay has been the full backs this year, so they couldn't get there, so Dover went long. And Bournemouth dealt with it all day long, to be fair. And they've got some good players, Blair Turgut, um, uh, Andrade, good players. And I think Bournemouth will be up there this season. Um, yeah, disappointing for Dover. We could, you know, it'd be nice to stay top of the league for a week or so. But, yeah, Dover were a work in progress. You know, everybody got excited, you know, including myself, really. The results against all the shot and Tranmere. Um, but we're set out at the moment to be more hit sides on the counter-attack. When sides come at us, there's gaps that Dover's pace can get into it. But at the moment, if we're attacking sides, we find difficult to break down. And I am concerned from a point of view that we're not going to score many goals. But um, but defensively, we've conceded, I think it's nine less than this time last season after 10 games. So, you know, definite work in progress. It's another week, isn't it? But like the first week of the season, you've had two games, Dover. They've, they've got three points but the three points have probably come from the game that you wouldn't necessarily have expected too much and I was looking on Dover fans forum this morning and someone was like I think I've worked it out whenever I think we're going to win we lose whenever I think we're going to lose we win so it is one of those isn't it like you say that they seem to be better on the on, on the counter and only one winning five at Crabble so far this season so that's got to be a worry hasn't it yeah I think it has football was a funny thing if the other way around we'd run four out of um, five at home and one away, people would be saying, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine because we're going to be fine that away for and we'll be OK. But now when you're not winning your home games, um, it is a bit of a concern. And all the home games I've seen, I think all I've seen all of them apart from the absolute one, I thought we're going to struggle to score goals. We've only scored one goal uh, at home in each game, really. It was the second, first time we haven't scored at home this season. But, um, yeah, I think they need, they need to work on the bits and pieces. It's a work in progress. But as the division is so tight with four points separating the top 14 teams you know it's an interesting league really so everybody's going to beat everybody once they find that form um they're going to be okay they will beat sides at home and the next four out of the next five games are against sides who are in the bottom four at this stage so and with Chester on Saturday you've got to be hoping that yeah, they'll kick start maybe just one win can kick start it all but I think you know we need to be a little bit more tactically aware particularly at home I think it is one of those, the league is so tight. I was with um, Sam Ingersoll, we mentioned him again on Saturday, um, and when the results came in, he said, oh yeah, I see Dover one. I said, yeah, do you know where they are in the league? And he was like, oh, I must have gone up to about sixth. And I was like, no, keep going. Eventually, he was like, no, no, we're not first. And he's like, yeah, you are first. But then you had 17 points out of a possible 27, and we're top of the league. And now, obviously, Sutton have gone top. They've got 19 points from 10 games. And that just shows what a tight league it's going to be, doesn't it? Yeah, I looked back at the stat on this. But if after nine games last season, um, Dover on that position of 17 points would have been seventh the last two seasons because there's not a Forest Green and there's not a Lincoln this season who are going to run away with it. So, and maybe this plays into the hands 
of the likes of maybe Hartlepool and Tranmere once they get their act together previous seasons they could have been way off the, the pace if there was going to be a runaway leader but they're in that pack now and they're probably thinking we haven't had a great start to the season but we've got a chance to, to move on up with a long way to go so yeah it's it's going to be a title anybody could beat anybody it looks like Torquay are the ones who are marooned at the bottom so you just got to pick up points where where you can really so and the next three weeks or so for Dover is going to be uh, really key for them I think it is so interesting. I, I, I genuinely think if one team can put a run together, if you can win five or six games in a row from now, then you're in a, as good a position as you would have been if you'd won the first five or six games of the season. And it, it, is, it is so interesting to see how it's all going to pan out. And I'm really looking forward to, to what's going to happen there. I mean, obviously, we have Bromley. Um, they're one of the teams in, in the pack. They, they got back to winning ways thanks to Brett Williams' hat-trick against Torquay. Uh, Maidstone, two wins for them this week. They beat Woking and then impressive win at Eastleigh, which... Um, it's never a nice place to go on a Tuesday night, and I'd imagine with that gale last night, that was extra tough, wouldn't you, Matt? Yeah, I think that's a. I think Maidstone again. Maidstone didn't start particularly well. Didn't win in the first four or five, did they? But back-to-back wins at the last few games, and now they're thinking, yeah, we're back in with a chance as well. And I'm sure their supporters are thinking, yeah, we got a good chance this season as well. And Bromley as well didn't win. I think that's their first win in five. So, and now you know they're thinking they started really well, but they're in, they're in the mix as well. And you look at it. Maidstone, where are they? 15 points in 13th place. Um, three points off the top, Bromley. 15 points as well. So, yeah, it's a, an interesting event. You only look at Halifax. One point, one goal in the first three, four games. They've won five out of six and they're up in second place. And they would have got top. So, not many people would have expected that. I think you're key. If you can go on a bit of a run, and as I say, from Dover's point of view, with, with weaker sides, but that's Dover's problem over the years. They can beat the big boys, but they can't beat the so-called smaller teams um, they need to turn that round and fast if they'd beaten Bourne Wood I think people would have got a bit really pleased because they got that hoodoo and they'd have beaten the, as my friend the Conference South fixtures because they struggle in those games yeah and obviously there's one team in Kent we haven't mentioned in the National League and we record this on Wednesday as always and for the first time in 2017 this morning Darren McMahon would have woken up having suffered a defeat um, Ebsweet going down at home to Aldershot as we said last week, nine games unbeaten is impressive, but now you look at it and it's just one win in ten for, for Ebb Street so far this season. They've got Tramia this weekend, so it's not about to get any easier, and, and I guess this is a learning curve now, and, and Darren McMahon's got to start earning his money, so to speak. Yeah, he got criticised quite a bit last season, just up this sort of time, up to Christmas, didn't they, when they were really struggling to win games and again they went through a drawing process as well I think at this time last year didn't lose many but drawing games and it's the old adage now is it, are you half empty or half full one defeat in, in nine whatever it is you're happy with that or is it no win in nine so or no in ten whatever it will be so yeah I think that I think, I think absolutely it will be okay but again maybe it's a good thing they finally lost so that the unbeaten run's gone and they can start afresh and it'll be a big game against Tranmere because Mickey Mellon's under a bit of pressure there Tranmere again they don't score any goals either and it doesn't get much lower than that no disrespect to Maidenhead but going to Maidenhead and conceding the last minute winner from a Tranmere point of view is a bit of a body blow but absolutely um, yeah, it's been a disappointing um, a few days for them I think you know once you get two or three draws you're okay but when you go six or seven that people just start querying you have you got that extra bit of quality that little bit of nows to win matches and maybe they've forgotten how to win a football match you say about a bit of quality I don't know if you've seen on it was doing the rounds on social media but uh, the boy Powell scored an absolute screamer for Italy up at Chester on Saturday so they have got the quality there it's just making sure that they get the get that 
over the over the winning line and get that three points. And I think maybe when they get one win, they'll be able to build on it and, and keep going. I mean, their only win so far was the Kent Derby against Maidstone back at the start of August. So they've got they've got to be looking at it now, thinking we need to get a win. But once we get one, hopefully we'll we'll be finding our feet at this level and push on. Yeah, I think they've got the quality players at this level. Um... I think know this level as well. Maybe Dale McMahon's a little bit different for him. He's gone into this sort of uh, uh, not managing at the level he's played at this level. So yeah, I, I think they'll be disappointed. Eleven points from ten games, but again, they beat Tranmere on on Saturday. In this league, you could probably go up to about tenth in this tenth or eleventh. So um, yeah, again, I'm sure they'll get the win on the board. Um, again, we haven't got many midweek games now coming up for the next few weeks, so you definitely can work on training ground even uh, to get a result. Elsewhere, uh, elsewhere this weekend, Maidstone got the long trip up to Macclesfield, as we said, Dover at home to Chester and Bromley at home to Solihull. So another chance for, for, for them to win. But we'll move on now to the FA Cup. It's the uh, second qualifying round this week. We're just three games away from the first round proper. And, and to be honest, that kind of annoys me, that the fact that we, that we call it proper as if it doesn't matter before then, because it really does matter now, doesn't it, Matt? Oh, you, what, you're in the second, in the second round this time, second qualifying round, so you're only... Um two ties away wouldn't play in Tranmere they like to Tranmere away for some of these sides so uh, you win this game you're dreaming of the first round as well so yeah I think it does matter the money goes up a little bit more so um, for our Kent sides um, it's a big weekend for a few of them I have to say yeah absolutely I mean there's plenty of Kent involvement but there's only really one place we can start I mean normally if you're up against players you've got 46 England under 21 caps between them two senior caps for England and eight caps for the Republic of Ireland you'd think you're pretty deep into the FA Cup but for Thamesmead Town, that's what they've got this weekend. On Sunday, they're at home to Billericay Town. Paul Koncheski, Jamie O'Hara, Kevin Foley, Jermaine Pennant have been the big names that they brought in. But the Blues have also cherry-picked a lot of non-league talent as well. Your Ricky Modests, Jake Robinson and more like that. They're currently top of the Bostick League and they're flying high. But this weekend, they've got to come to Thamesmead or Dartford as they now play. And Tommy Warlow, the Thamesmead manager, is relishing the chance to face them. And, and he's been very impressed with what Glenn Tamplin has done to Billericay. I spoke to Tommy earlier on this morning and we began by discussing what's going on at his club and he was saying about how they've moved to Dartford and how things are going so far. Um, yeah, we've started the season well. Um, obviously, it's a fresh start for the club up at Prince's Park um, with a five-year ground share. But um, after last year, you know, we had like, the playing side was a bit chaotic. You know, we had six goalies and a couple of players coming and going and um, there was a lot of unrest off the pitch. So it was nice this year just to draw on a line under it um, obviously, I've not been there long enough to take sides or whatever, but I back the chairman. What I know was that's going on down at uh, Thamesmead, and we've got a fresh start, which is, um, has made us concentrate more on the football. So uh, we've kept the majority of the squad last year because we finished. You know, I was happy with what we finished with, and just freshened it up with some fresh faces. And this year, we've, um, you know, we're happy with how we've started. Obviously, we want to win every game, but um, it's been a, it's been a fairly uh, reasonable start for us that we're happy with. It's a nice place to play Dartford, isn't it? Nice little ground. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's probably one of the best in, in around non-league football, I'd have thought. I mean, obviously, the higher level, you've got a lot of ex-pro teams in there. But um, from a non-league point of view, um, like I said to the boys, you, know, you should want to play in stadiums like this and you should want to fill up. Um, it's, it is an asset when you're talking to players. Um, but what we've got to do now is try and um, match the level of football with the stadium we've got um, around us. 
and obviously uh, you you haven't played a league game like this midweek, unlike some. But um, you're looking to the FA Cup now, and and I guess when that tie came out, you must have been both delighted and frustrated, I guess, because it's it's a it's a great tie for the club, but. Is it one that you're going to be able to win? That's that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's um, you know, it's a, it's a game of football against a, a probably a side that, that's I would say taking all the limelight in non-league football at the moment. Um, I went over there Saturday, and I remember the Billericay of old. Um, obviously, going over there with Tunbridge on numerous occasions, and it's always a hard place to get a result. But um, what Glenn's done over there, um, I'm one of them. Oh, I think it's fantastic. You know, the whole atmosphere around the place has changed. Obviously, the players on the pitch, um, you know, a sec, you know, a seconds are done. But um, it, it, it needs that. Non-league football needs that. I mean, we're desperate pan at Thamesmead to try and get, um, you know, the, the sponsorship in behind the scenes. If we could find someone, you know, half of the Thamesmead or something to help push the club forward, because we need we need to grow massively on the pitch. We've only got one. Team. That's it. We've got no reserve set up at the moment. Uh, we've got an academy set up, which is just finishing its first year, and we're looking to set more up around Ken. But it really is a rebuilding job. So what Glenn's done over there, um, we'd we'd love someone like that around our area to help sort of get on our our uh, our little bandwagon and try and push us on because uh, we've got everything off the pitch regarding facilities. We just need some backing now to help us. Um, fun teams that can push through the leagues but I, I'm a, I'm all for what's happened with Ricky. I think it's um, he's not doing anyone any harm it's his money and I think it's fantastic It really has raised the profile of non-league football as a whole hasn't it and I guess on on Saturday or Sunday when you play them there will be people looking and saying oh Thamesmead and you know people who are in the local area may, may sort of take notice of you when they may not have done before Yeah I think I think everyone's sort of known of Thamesmead etc but we are a little bit closer we're obviously looking for the um the off spill of you know perhaps some Dartford fans that don't want to travel too far away, but if we don't get a big crowd on, you know, especially being on a Sunday where most people are, are kicking their heels, um, it has you know it's at very very early stages, but it has got that um, non-league aura around the game of like a David v Goliath. Um, I mean we're into obviously tomorrow night, and you know I've been over there to, to, to have a look at uh, Bill Ricky and obviously try and do my job the best I can, but. As long as the boys go out and give their all, and like every manager will say, don't come off and regret, I should have done this, I should have done that. So if, if it's not good enough, but they've given me everything, then you can't complain. But, um, you know, this it won't be, I mean, I'm sure Glenn will be saying the same thing. Things happen in the FA Cup. You know, even in finals, you go back to Wimbledon, Liverpool. But last year, you had the, the scenario of Lincoln and Sutton. You know, Lincoln getting to quarterfinals, was it, at the FA Cup? Yeah, they did, yeah. You know, you know so... Um, and they beat some good teams on the way, like Brighton, etc., etc. So um, we've just got to concentrate on us. And you know, if you're going to go on the football pitch in fear of someone, then you shouldn't go on the football pitch. You know, it's eleven men be eleven men. We totally respect and know where all their players have, have come from. But um, I've got a nucleus of a few experienced players and some very good youngsters that will get, you know, will benefit from the game as well. I guess it's a no-pressure situation for your players, isn't it? Because no one's expecting them to go out and win. But if they give their all, anything can happen. Like you say, it's the cup. Anything can happen. Yeah, it, it, is, it is, but I'm not letting them go out there with the no-pressure situation because if they come off, I'm not one of their managers that want to come off the pitch and just clap a, you know, a load of fans and, and have the sort of old feel, I'm unlucky boys. You know, I want them to go out there and give Billericay a game to the best of their ability. Um, I've never been in one of them that, just clap off and, and, and want the sympathetic vote. I mean, it's, it's just going to be a really, really hard game. 
but it's key for us to, um, to sort of make sure that we use things like this, this tool, you know, to hopefully get it out there that if we can come away with a, with a result off the pitch regarding someone taking note of what we're doing and coming and helping us out, like a main sponsor, um, it's a start because, you know, when people talk about having a small squad, you know, we, we literally have got a team at the moment with an academy that's one year old and the apprenticeship scheme has been set up. So we really have got to restructure the club and, and we're in the process of trying to do that, you know, um, off the pitch, but concentrating as well, trying to get us out of this league, pushing up the non-league pyramid. And the cup's been good for you so far. I mean, an 8-0 win, that, that certainly raised a few eyebrows in one of the earlier rounds. And, you know, it is a great competition, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've never really had much luck at, at Tunbridge in, in the Cups, to be honest. We had a good FA Trophy run last year, but um, last season, one plus for Tunbridge, which is the furthest I've ever gone in their history in the FA Cup. So we did have a good Cup run, which generated some much-needed funds. Um, and again, we went down to East Preston and obviously done our homework on East Preston, but we didn't expect, obviously, what happened down there to happen. Um, and I might be even using that as a tool, but, you know, we don't want to come off and be one of them East Prestons. We want to go and try and, you know, when we can, get at Billerick. We realise they might have the lion's share of the play, but it's what we do when we have the ball and, and when we do create chances, making sure we take them because uh, we've been a little bit guilty of, of not, you know, I sound stupid with one eight nil, five nil, whatever, but these games, they, you know, I come in and I still demand more from the lads because it should have been more. And if you get in them habits, then um, obviously you're, you're halfway there of, of, of you know, comfortably winning the game. Even, even more so than what we have done and then margins can be bigger and they sound better and you've got to demand that from the lads but you know, Saturday, uh, Sunday so we've really got to make sure that when we do create chances we put them away and we're definitely not sloppy at the back because this is the sort of thing that will punish you. And just finally for people who, who may be coming along to watch Timsley for the first time I've seen a few names that I recognise that, that you've got in your squad but what's your team like? What, what, what sort of football do you like to play and you know who, who are your main men so to speak? Well, I've got, I mean, I've got a mixture of like the Paul Vines, the Scott Kinches, the Ellis Greens, um, I've, uh, Richard Avery, I've just signed Simon Glover, so there's some experienced players there, but I've got some fantastic youngs, I mean, I've probably got the best goalie, I think, in this level, the one above, and probably the one above, in, I managed to get Lewis Carey, who was my goalie at Tunbridge, who was Eastbourne Borough, um, I managed to get him to come down and sign a contract with us, because he see what we're trying to do down here, and I'm hoping Lou will be my... Um, my Lee Wargan because you build from the from me you build from the back so you don't you know clean sheets are key um, you know last year like I said we had six goalies and you know at time we drive one goalie in six years so I want to try and spin that around where Lou stays with me but I've got some great youngs in Lauren Mendy Harvey Brand Tom O'Connor uh, Bodie um, that I think have got a good future in the game um, so we really have got a mix and match but Saturday's going to be a a big test for everyone, the experienced players as well as the youngsters. So, uh, you know, I'm sure as a club we're, we're learn a lot from from Sunday's game. So, some really interesting points I thought from uh, from Tommy Warrelow there, and, and it, it was nice to chat to him. We had a good conversation, and it's it's amazing when you hear how, how he's saying how important this weekend's game is for Thamesmead, just for the prestige that it's going to bring them. Yeah, he's one of the nice guys, Tommy Warrelow in in Kent football. Um, he knows everybody, and he knows a lot of players out there. Yeah, but, you know, Thamesmead. I think it's quite interesting that. One bit of the money that Glenn Tamplin's brought into Billericay going to, to Thamesmead, it shows how much you know these football clubs rely on probably volunteers working in for no money, trying to sort the clubs out. And Toby Warlow is, is a hard-working manager, and 
if you're in the Thamesmead area and you want to get involved, you're probably not a, you won't find a better manager to work with in that sort of thing than Tommy Warren, a real passionate man. It's going to be tough for him this weekend as well. But you never know. Things happen in the in the FA Cup. They're playing on a decent surface at Prince's Park. Um, may, that may play into Billericay's favour, of course. But again, he's going to go over there. And, and what we see from that uh, interview, they're going to give 110%, are they, to try and get it? And why not? Let's, let's cause a bit of a shock in the competition. It'll be great to see. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting when I said to him, well, there's no pressure on your team, is there? And he was like, there certainly is, because I don't want them to uh, to go out there and just sort of roll over and play like that. He wants his side to give a, a, a good account of themselves. And, and what was really interesting was he said to me, you know, about, about how they need the, the bit of the boost and, and how they're impressed by what, what's gone on at Billericay and how they'd love someone like that to come into their club. And what he basically said to me, I've got a team, I've got 11 players and a bench, and then after that, I'm, I'm scrabbling around. And it... He's obviously working with some constraints, but I'm sure he he would love to be able to take Thamesmead up a bit. I mean, obviously you saw the good the great job he did at Sunbridge Angels in the past, and he's a good manager with good know-how, and he's obviously very committed to the Thamesmead cause. They're at Dartford for the next five years. There's no reason why they can't keep pushing through the leagues, is there? No, I don't think so. Tommy Warlow is a... Um... Uh, he's probably managing lower than he's probably level with. I mean, when he went left Tunbridge Angels, he probably um, probably could have stayed at that level, took him up to Conference South, and they had a good season in the Conference South. But he's, again, maybe he's gone down to that level. But maybe we're working with younger, hungrier players that maybe pays to his strengths from that point of view. Thamesmead, again, uh, where they're based, they could attract good players around that area. There's no reason if they can get a base, and you say. Work playing from Prince's Park doesn't allow you to attract decent players as well because there's excellent facilities there. And I thought what was also good was when he was talking about the, the, what Glenn Tampin's done at Billericay, it's very easy to knock them. When, when they're, because Billericay have put themselves out there with what they've done with the money and everything like that. They're almost there to be hit at. And I saw things on social media over the, over the weekend saying, oh, where's all these missing fans from Billericay? But what Tommy Warlow said there was absolutely bang on. It has raised the profile of non-league football. It has raised the profile of the Bostick League beyond all belief. So it's, it's amazing that, that people are now paying attention to what's going on at Billericay Town. When I've been to Billericay Town and it was ramshackle, they played ugly football, they, they weren't that much of a side. And now everyone is looking at their results and, and yes, yeah, some people maybe want them to lose, but at least it's putting some spotlight on this level of football. Uh, yeah, I've got no problem with Glenn Templin. He's, you know, he's a character. Um, football needs characters when you look at some of the uh, what goes on in the, the higher end of the league. And he and he's putting where his money, where his mouth is. He, you know, he puts it puts it out there, and that's good for the level of this thing. And he probably raises the profile of our teams in that league, Margate and Tunbridge Angels. They they might get a bit more uh, press from, from what they get from the Billericay point of view, and everybody will want to beat Billericay as well. So it adds a little. You know, I think probably a lot of the people across the country. Will, Every Sunday, when they look at the scores, look at the Bostic, the Devon Bostic uh, Premier League, and thinking, "Oh, how are they getting on?" So yeah, it raises the thing, and that, well, the key thing is it raises non-league football because there's a lot, a lot of football as we know, not just in the, the top flight of the English league. Exactly, and I mean, you know, for us, it's nice that, that non-league football is getting a bit of a spotlight because obviously we're both very passionate about it, and that's why we're doing this podcast. So there you go. Um, elsewhere in the cup, Margate are at Kings Langley. They've had two away wins this week. We'll discuss one of them in a moment. Um, Glebe against Phoenix Sports in the Kent Derby. And Faversham are off to Wealdstone's reward for their win over Tunbridge. Um, Tunbridge Wells are going to Concord Rangers, which is a tough place to go. It's not a very nice ground. It's next to a caravan site. And Concord are still feeling the benefits of being where the Cowleys began their bid for world domination. So that's a tricky one. And then Ramsgate. Ramsgate go to Chelmsford. 
at the time of the draw, that was the toughest possible tie with Chelmsford being top of the of the National League South at the, at that moment. But the Carrots are now without a winning four. Um, I used to cover Chelmsford. Uh, lovely clubs, some really great people there. But I know in the FA Cup, they either do really well or they do terribly. I saw them lose to Biggleswade Town when I was covering them one year. Um, the Rams aren't in good form themselves, but... Th- I saw them on Saturday and they didn't play particularly well. They lost to Ashford on, on Tuesday night, which is a really disappointing result. But apparently they had a lot of chances. And the thing with Ramsgate is all that they haven't won a game at home apart from against Hamworth Villa in the um, preliminary round of the FA Cup. So going to Chelmsford, I, I think that is a no-pressure situation. When, when I was there on Saturday, I was chatting to the chairman and they're all looking forward to the day out at Chelmsford. And they could go there. And as I say, Chelmsford, they, it, it's not their priority this year. They'd love a cup run. They'd love the finances from it. But I think Ramsgate can go there, and and there's not nothing for them to lose. They're a young side; they won't be used to the Chelsea won't be used to playing that sort of player, and it could, it could be an interesting game for Ramsgate. I don't think they're going to get through, but I think they might put up a decent fight. Yeah, I think um, I think you made a good point there about Chelmsford. They're either brilliant or I think they beat Colchester a couple of years in the FA Cup. I think that's the first time they've been there for a while. They lost to Dartford this time. The priority is to get promoted. They lost to East Thurrock on Monday. Ramsgate. Uh, I think it's a it's a match too far for them, arguably. But if they can show a bit of the quality they had in the previous round when they come with Egan when they run in the replay, the reason why not? It'd be a good experience for them. But again, looking at some of these cup, the cup ties, I think we may we may lose more than go through in this round because some of them have got some real tough tough, tough ties. Yeah, what's, what's interesting about Ramsgate is, as I saw on Saturday, they've got. Up, going forward, they've got th- three useful lads because they've got Alfie Paxman, who we talked about last week, and they've got Tom Chapman on the other side, and they've got Rory Smith down the middle. I didn't know a lot about Rory Smith, but apparently he's good friends with Tom Chapman. He's been travelling for a bit and said, "Well, yeah, I quite want to come and play some football." And he, ca- he turned up at training, and they were instantly impressed, signed him up straight away. Um, so you know they've got small, tricky players, but they've got to play to their strengths. Because when I went and see them on Saturday at home to South Bar, which they lost three one. There was far too much whacking it down the middle going on from Ramsgate. But if they can get the ball and stretch that Chelmsford defence, there's no reason why that they could... Chelmsford could easily take Ramsgate too lightly. They'll look and see, well, they've only got three points. They're not in good shape. And, and that's all the recipes for an FA Cup upset, isn't it? Yeah, also, and I know one of the guys I work with, his son-in-law plays for Matt Adams, is a, a big burly centre forward. He hasn't got much minutes in him these days, but he's the kind of player, if they're holding on, bringing him on with 20 minutes to go, and he can just sort of ruffle up the defenders as well. So they've got that experience from that point of view. I just think it's going to be, you know, Chelmsford have got some decent players, a decent budget this season. The Rams go, I've got to go with Tommy Warlow, so go with no fear, and give their best and give their all. They don't want to come off with an absolute... Spanky, but as long as they give their effort there, that's all that uh, Lloyd Blackman, the manager, can be can can um, can ask for. Really, absolutely, the odds on that they must be ten to fifteen to one. I would have thought Ramsgate, but strange things have happened in football. They certainly have. And uh, elsewhere, we've got Folkestone at home to Tooting um, and Herne Bay go to Horsham, which is possibly a winnable tie. They're at the same level. Um, there's been three previous games in the in the FA Cup between those two teams. So says my friend at FA Cup Fact File, and Herne Bay have won them all. Um, Horsham, they, they have moved to a new ground, so it's not the the, the lovely one that, that you speak about every time we mention them. But yeah. Herne Bay, they, they've they've done better than most people thought they would, I think. And again, they can go there an away tie, even if it is in the same. There's no expectation on them to win. They'll want to win, but it's an opportunity for them to progress. I think. 
Yeah, I think that you know they took a lot of players from Embry and Darnison from Sittingbourne, wouldn't they, in the summer? So a lot of young players again coming into the side. They've probably done better than they thought with getting to this far of the FA Cup as well. So, awesome. I, I can't see. Um, you know, Horsham beat Ashford 6-0 in the previous round, so uh, my theory is maybe they've used all their goals up. You know, Herne Bay, if they get through, that's the third round, third qualifying round, and you're only one one tie away from a, a big Kendari. Uh, yeah, they've got a chance. I, I think folks have got a chance. Glebe have got absolutely tonked in the um, tri- in the Vars last night, 7-2 at a, a deal, maybe uh, a bridge too far for them. Uh, it's going to be tough for Faversham uh, at Wildstone as well so um, yeah and again Tunbridge Wells at Concord as you mentioned that for us a horrible place to go to um, yeah some ties through there uh, I was hoping that they can all do themselves to say a, a, a good thing and maybe some of them go to a replay and anything can happen then Exactly, and, and the final two teams you haven't mentioned yet, Welling and Dartford, they're both at home to teams from two levels below in Haringey Borough for Welling and Barking for Dartford. Um, both winnable ties, they'll both be confident of getting through. And Dartford are now top of the National League South after their 4-2 win over Eastbourne on Tuesday night. Um, they're one of four teams on 22 points, but their fairly phenomenal goal difference of plus 19 has got them top of the table. Um, it's another tight league though, there's only three points between the top nine. Um, and again, just showing how tight it is. Welling, who've been down the lower reaches all se- all season so far, two wins for them over the week. Over the week, they beat Paul, they beat Whitehawk. Now they're eleventh. I mean, it's it's it, it is so tight in all of these leagues at the moment, Matt. Yeah, I think from a Dartford point of view, I think the first few games of the season they didn't score too many goals. They they had. Um... You know, four, you know, the first two, I think three goals in the first three games of the season they actually had. So now they've started banging them in. Because before I started, said the start of the season, they had two goals, in fact, it was, in the first three games of the season. Now they've got 27 in 11 games. So they're um, played from that. Maybe they found that uh, rhythm on that point of view. And, you know, Dartford have got a side that are established over the last few years. A number of the spine of the side's been there for a number of years. So, yeah, starting well. And, Tony Burwin will be pleased with that because they desperately want to get back into the National League. Well, well in a much changed side as well, but maybe they found their rhythm as well. Only 1 0 against Whitehall because everybody else has been giving them a pummeling, but um, Jamie Cole's doing a good job, and he say up to 11th as well. So they'll be thinking those playoffs will be in place, uh, of course, when you get there to 7th now. They're strengthening quite well, I think, Welling as well. I mean, they've brought in a couple of lads from Colchester and, and obviously using their, their, things, their, their connections well. And I think I might have to start supporting them because I've got a bit of an affinity towards Welling anyway because um, many years ago, my dad's cousin played for them. My dad's cousin, Phil Hanford, who a lot of people in Kent will probably know, he used to play for them. And at the moment, they've got Harry Phipps on loan from Maidstone and now they've got Eli Phipps on loan from Colchester. So I really think maybe if I start turning up regularly, I might even get a game just on the basis of my name. I, I, I really don't know. Is there any other Phipps out there from that point of view? Well, obviously, there's Tom Phipp without the S, and I used to hate um, writing his name because I would automatically always put the S on there. But eventually, we might get enough to actually have a half decent team out of this. So, you know, <laughs> Phipps FC could soon be very top of the uh, of the Kent on League podcast charts. So, of course, so we went to Welling last season, of course, and the highlight was that was I got three points on a license coming back from there. So, um, I don't want to go too, that, too close to that. Always, always uh, we went to Welling, always um, brings uh, tears to my eyes with the fine I got for that one. Well, you shouldn't have sped away from the from the train station that much. It's your own fault. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, moving on to the Bostick Premier League, then um, Margate. We mentioned them earlier. Superb five 0 win for them at Worthing on Saturday, and a great hat trick from Franny Collin. Again, doing the rounds on social media, his free kick that he scored was was superb. And then they, they had a Kent Cup game on Tuesday night against Herne Bay, and they played a younger side that day, and they got through that game. And 
I think it's, you can look at it either way. You can say, well, they won five on Saturday. Have they lost that momentum? Or those players who played on Saturday are going to be nice and rested for that FA Cup tie on Saturday. Yeah, I think from that point of view, I think they might have had an injury with Jack Evans got injured, I think, last night. So that may be the only disappointing thing from, from that game. But it shows that they've got an under-23 side of getting uh, Margate this season, which not many sides, I don't, particularly David, don't have that sort of thing. So maybe they're bringing some blood blood through. Um, and it also gives the likes of the Franny Collins to maybe rest them for the for the games on there because they'll need them in the big games. And Kings Langley, I don't know much about them, but that's, that's a big game. I know Margate will be absolutely desperate to get to the first round of the FA Cups. So, um, scoring goals, solid at the back. Lenny Pidgeley, um, player of the year, player of the month, I think he was as well, goal, goalkeeper of the month in that division. So, yeah, I think Margate are pretty of downs over the last year or so, but maybe they're on the way up a little bit now. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, folks are still plodding along nicely, but Tunbridge Angels are down in 16th after a stinking week for them, really. They lost at Harlow and then drew with Thurrock. Um, I wonder why it's not clicking for them. I mean, last week, obviously, they won 10-1 in the League Cup and we... We joked and said, oh, I'm sure they'd rather have saved some of those goals. But I think they would rather have saved those goals. And, and a big thing for them as well, they're out of the cup. Um, and whoever they're supposed to be playing this weekend is in the cup. So they haven't got a game now until a week on Saturday, the 23rd. So Steve McKim's going to get plenty of training sessions to work with those players. They've got another away game coming up. That'll be their third away game in, in the row in the, in the league. And they haven't won on the road yet. So they need, they need to use this time well, don't they? Yeah, I think probably out of all the Kent sides, I think, the season started that maybe Tunbridge uh, are the one that's disappointed us the most so they've got some experienced players in the side brought in Chris Kinnear who's apparently playing well for them from that point of view but again normally they start pretty well and tail off at the end of the season maybe um, this time they're starting off slowly then as the season goes on but again they were one of the sides desperate for an FA Cup run they haven't been to the first round for nearly 40-45 years I think it is now for, off the top of my head but yeah it, I don't know what's happened for them Steve McKim no, he's highly rated there got new contract in the summer I don't think there's any talk of him uh, uh, um, losing his job but he's just got to work a little bit harder from that point of view but he is a passionate man and I'm sure he can turn it around yeah and I mean ne- next midweek there's a lot of velocity trophy games uh, which is the competition that Tommy James has won 10-1 in I think both Folkestone and Margate are involved next week as well as a load of the South games and, and do you know what Matt I cannot think of a competition that excites me less it is an absolute waste of time and when Margate got relegated I'm sure that's the one thing that makes you realise just where you are. I remember when I was working on the paper and they got promoted uh, into the National League South. I did an article, five great re- five reasons why it's great that Margate had been promoted to the National League South. And very near the top of that list, just after the fact they're on Football Manager, was there's no League Cup. I mean, there's, there's nothing worse than this competition. It starts in September. It goes all through the winter. There's going to be some freezing Tuesday nights up and down the country at these god-awful grounds for a cup that... Ultimately, end of the season, yeah, it's a bit of silverware. I know Bill Ricky won it last year, but is it really that valuable? Uh, no. Um, I remember years and years ago that these competitions went over at this level in the 80s. They must have had like four cup competitions as well. They had Kent Cup, local cups and all sorts. But no, it, it, it's a, a complete waste of time. Velocity Sports, I was just Googled them. They make 3G pitches. So um, maybe the Bostick League are trying to get involved in that sort of thing. I know they're trying to promote that sort of thing. But it's not. It's, a, it's a probably a waste of a competition. And I think the key point you said there is you'd be playing games in about February, March. Maybe if you're... Um, not doing too well in the league you might want to go for the competition but this time of the season it's a waste of time if you get injuries etc like that and to be fair with of course every week day a week you know in the week that the Champions League are going to be on the gates for this competition must be 
pitiful as well. So, um, no, again, you know, they say, say at the higher end of the league they play too much football. Maybe at this level as well they do play too much football because I would have thought 95% of the teams in this competition would rather, A, have a training session if they're struggling a little bit, rather than to have to travel maybe 100 miles to play a competition that nobody's really interested in and won't give 100%. Especially we've done a full day's work as well before. Um, exactly. The Bostick South, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, Ashford got their first win of the season on Tuesday. Um, obviously, they beat Ramsgate, and that, that'll be a big relief for them. Um, still, I, I have seen now that uh, Jason Watmore, I believe, is they're calling him the manager on their social media. I haven't seen anything confirmed that he's actually been appointed, but obviously that's the, the way they've decided to go. And Ramsgate apparently missed a lot of chances in the first half, but Ashford stuck went in when it mattered, and, and they got the point. So, pleasing for them. Um generally around that league the Kent teams aren't doing that well none of our teams are higher than 7th but then 7th down to 13th are all Kent teams and, and if we want to have Greenwich Borough we'll have 14th as well um, of those teams Hyde have picked up a little bit they're, they had a good win on Tuesday night Sid Solis who's on loan from Margate scoring twice uh, to, to get them that win and obviously the games this weekend it's a bit up and down because there's not many because there's a lot of teams involved in the cup there's 7 in total one that stands out for us is Hyde against Ashford and, and Hyde will be thinking, even though Ashford got that first win, they'll be thinking, let's continue our good run here. Yeah, I think so. Again, why why these fixtures? Why? Surely that should be at least around a Christmas game, Hyde v Ashford on that point of view. It's, you know, there's a fact paper between them in location wise so yeah again I thought Hyde will be doing a little bit better at least they turned it around after the disappointment of the early start of the season while Ashford it looks like they are going down the, the youth route um, with the manager you mentioned that point of view big win against Ramsgate maybe a Ramsgate were thinking about the FA Cup tie on, on Saturday a bit because players were um, looking forward to that game rather than the other one but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure our sides will push up the table on that point of view. And I see uh, folks in big Greenwich again in the cup competition last night. The was it the Kent Cup, I think it was as well. So, but Greenwich have only played five league games, well, some of them have played seven. So, from that point of view, and Thamesmead unbeaten at Dartford, I see with their five games. So maybe they can cause a shock this weekend. Yeah, and both Thames, Thamesmead and Herne Bay have actually got games next Tuesday. Um, obviously, barring any replays in the cup. Um, it was obviously the FA Vars. You mentioned it earlier, dealing Glebe. I mean, they obviously they played twice already in the FA Cup. Absolute thriller on Saturday. And it's three three. They played extra time and it still finished level, so three three. And then seven two for Deal on on Tuesday. I mean, that that's a fantastic win. And their award, they've got Hounslow next, and Tunbridge Wells beat Hounslow in the cup, so a winnable tie for Deal. And, and as we said last week, Deal, the FA Vars holds such fond memories for them after their after their win at Wembley, doesn't it? Yeah, again, I don't really understand how they, surely if they've won the competition, they can probably go start a little bit deeper into it. But that's a, a good result. 7-2, again, revenge for the cup match they had against them. That sounds a couple of cracking ties, 3-all and 7-2. So uh, maybe defences weren't on top there, but absolutely delighted for, for Deal. A really, really nice club. I don't think they're going to get to Wembley again this year, but game a little bit of coffers in the in the back pocket for them and they can grow up. They've got a lot of youngsters in, involved in that around the East Kent area, that I don't know. So, and, and they say it's a, it's a good little club to play for. Yeah, and obviously there were good wins elsewhere for Lordswood, Beckham and Canterbury. Canterbury won a thriller 4-3 against Sutton Common Rovers. Uh, Dave Pilcher got a hat-trick for them and Connor Saunders grabbed a stoppage time winner after all of Pilcher's goals have been cancelled out. Um, Whitstable, Chatham and Sheppey also made it through. And the next round is in 10 days' time, the 23rd of September and the standout tie for us is Sheppey against Tunbridge Wells. Um, a, a, a Kent derby. That should be a, a decent game. And in the Talking of Tunbridge Wells, there's only been a handful of games in the uh, in the league, the Southern Counties East League this week. Tunbridge Wells have won two this week. 
And they've made a cracking signing, Matt. I don't know if you've seen, but Jack Harris is back with them. Jack Harris, who's played for Maidstone, he's played for Faversham, he's played for Hastings, and now he's back at Tunbridge Wells. And if he can find his best form, then he is going to bang a lot of goals at that level. Yeah, it's a strange one because I think when Jay Saunders signed him, um, he thought he could be the next big thing. Didn't really work out for him, didn't it? I think he went to Faversham after that. Pacey striker, knows where the back of the net is, and that is a good shining for for the Wells on that point of view. If you can, you know, focus him in the right direction, he's definitely got something about him. He's probably playing at a level that's a little bit less than he really should do. But I think that's a good signing, and we'll keep an eye out for him in the, in the goal scoring charts because I'm sure we'll race up some of them. Yeah, in the, in the league itself, Seven Oaks are top of the pile and they had a 2-0 win over Corinthian on Saturday. But again, it's a really tight league. You've got four teams on 13 points and the top 12 teams are only separated by five points. Well, what makes this league extra complicated is with the FA Cup, the FA Vars, the number of games teams are played are all over the shop. So Croydon have got 13 points. They've played eight games. Seven Oaks, who are top, have only played six. They've also got 13. Whitstable... I've got. I've played five games. They've got twelve points. You need some sort of degree in maths to work out what's going on. I mean, you've got Irith Town down the bottom there. They've only played four games, so it's not a level playing field at all. And I think it's going to be about February time before this starts to even itself out. Well, I think because you've always find as well is that winter months going, some of these games get called off and various things and other competitions come ahead of them. So it's always, you know, you look at the National League, everybody's played 10 games. Probably the only time that until the end of the season that the in the Scaffold League they actually play, have the same amount of games, it's probably game one and game, what it'll be, 38 in that division as well. But that's that's that level of football. But Whistable, we've seen that. You know, they couldn't uh, go a few points clear at the top. Um, good, we only played once at home out of those five games as well. So, and that must be a bit, a bit disappointing on the coffers coming into the club as well. So, um, yeah, but it's it's an entertaining league. Um, you know, I still fancy uh, Whistable to do well this season. Well, I mean, they've, they've started very well, haven't they? And it's, it is one of those, because you do see sometimes those leagues, the teams get so delayed, they end up playing four games in a week in, in April. And, and it's all because of this slow start where, where they get all these cup competitions. But the cup competitions, as we know, are so vital to these clubs. And, and everyone who's, gone for, who's done well so far in the cups will be thinking, well, our league position isn't important at the moment because look at the money that we've raised from it. Yeah, how many, is it definitely only one up? with the re- rebranding next season for this or is it going to be more than one up from this division or do we not know yet we really don't know yet I, I, I would imagine it might be more than one but you never know what's going to happen I mean it's, it's such a competitive league and, and you know we've discussed it before you see how teams from, from the other leagues at that level fare when they get promoted and it's completely different and you know, it would be better for the Bostic League if they could take two, three maybe even four of the best clubs from the Southern Counties League and bring them up next year yeah, looking at that, look at that table, Chatham Town, you think from that point of view, played six, only scored three goals in that time as well. So they've got five points on the board. Um, so, yeah, Chatham need, need to, to look at themselves in there. They shouldn't be in that sort of level. But again, you go on a bit of a run, maybe you can uh, get some results in. But I, as I say, I'll probably look at that. Normally, you look at a league at about 10 games to see where it all is. But I think we'll have to look at this league at about early December to see what it's looking like with all the games played. We, would, yeah, we certainly will. Um Obviously, that's, that's pretty much the, most of the action this weekend. I'm, I'm guessing you're at Dover again, Matt? Yeah, against Chester on Saturday. So, hopefully, um, you know, I probably get, you know, you drive, drove home from Aldershot last week thinking, well, top of the league, oh, it's going to be a, a good season. But that's, uh, I, haven't, I haven't supported Dover for 40 odd years to see them get to, you don't get too high when you win, you get too low when you lose. So, you went home yesterday thinking, oh, here we go, at least we've got a home game on Saturday. Yeah, so, fingers crossed. And also, good luck to all the Kent sides, particularly the ones in the FA Cup. It'd be great to uh, talk about next week and a few Kent sides in the uh, third qualifying round draw.
don't get high when we win, don't get low when we lose. Isn't that a Chris Kinnear catchphrase? Yeah, that's exactly. I, I run my life on that now. So uh, I've got it tattooed somewhere on my body. So every time I wake up, I can look at that. Don't get too high when you win and don't get too low when you lose. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks. thanks as always, Matt. Um, good news this week, listeners, um, is that we are now available on iTunes and TuneIn. And if you've got the, an iPhone, you can just go onto your podcast app Search for Kent on League and you can subscribe to us. So w- when we finished prattling on, as, as we have done again today, it will just appear on your phone. I'm looking forward to seeing how long that takes after I upload the podcast today. Um, as always, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter and also search Kent on League Podcast on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, and you can get in touch with us by email, johnphipps81 at outlook.com. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Matt. I hope you have a good week. I hope you enjoy Dover. And um, we shall see. We shall reconvene next Wednesday for another chat about all the happenings in Kent non-league football. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.